I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. We'll say it one more time. The midterm elections are just four days away. Over 34 million people have already cast their vote. And yet there are still many who are already forecasting fraud, all kinds of nefarious activities going on, saying that the elections are not safe or secure. Uh, Many who haven't cast a vote yet are doing it for that reason. They want to be able to do it on election day. Uh, And all of that has uh, moved along in an interesting way. But the real question The question I want to get to today is, what's the future of our elections? What role do voters play? Uh, How does that all connect from federal, state, local governments in terms of how that's designed and how that's executed? Uh, And here to help us break all of that down, David uh, Levine is the Elections Integrity Fellow at the Alliance for Securing Democracy. Uh, David, thanks for joining us. Boy, thanks for having me. Uh, this is such a, a crucial conversation, and uh, obviously we're not going to dive into the election deniers and uh, all of those uh, sidebar things, because I think that's a distraction for what you're trying to point us to, David, uh, and that is what's being done, and then more importantly, how do we look to the future on all of this? So let's let's kind of start this year in terms of what is being done, what is it that should give all of us confidence uh, in the process? And Boyd, I'm glad you started there. I think it's worth uh, touching on a few things that are really important. You know, one of the things that we've seen um, are enhanced partnerships between uh, election officials, uh, private vendors, and and our um, federal and law enforcement partners that have helped um, mitigate and push back against a lot of some the cybersecurity and fiscal security threats that they've been uh, experiencing. I think we've also seen some other things that have um, you know, gotten us to a place where despite the complex threat environment we're now in, you know, we should feel comfortable that the upcoming midterms will be free and fair. One is that we continue to see states um, you know, trending in a direction that removes paperless voting equipment. And that's really important because it's always good when, when voters not only can see right, the choices they're making on a ballot, but when election officials have the ability to go back to and right. see those results. We've also seen more jurisdictions uh, adopt right post-election audit processes, again, to look at those those paper ballots. And, you know, some of this has been the result of some federal funding that we've seen since the 2016 election. So, you know, I I think that, um, you know, enhanced partnerships, um, a bit more federal funding and the adoption of some best practices has put us in a place where, um, you know, I think people should be confident that if they go and cast ballots, and I hope everyone does, um, that, you know, the, the election process will spit out results that reflect the will of the American 
Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. People. Yeah, and that is the uh, bottom line. And and having confidence in that process. Uh, We often say on this uh, program that we've stress-tested the country under all kinds of circumstances, from wars and pandemics to economic collapse. Uh, We've never stress-tested it in the absence of trust. Uh, trust in our institutions and trust in one another, which I think is is a key part of all of this. Uh, as you've watched this closely, David, uh, here in the state of Utah, we've been we've been doing uh, a lot of advance work in terms of mail in voting, early voting, uh, and uh, the citizens of this state have an incredibly high uh, confidence in in terms of how things are being done. Yes, audits are good, transparency is important, all of that. Uh, what else are you seeing around the country uh, that is either undermining that confidence or reinforcing why we should have confidence in the process? Sure. So I, I think, you know, one of the things that you touched on, you know, is, at least implicitly, is some of the education and awareness campaigns that got on. Right? Utah has a number of really good election officials. You know, Weaver County Clerk Ricky Hatch comes to mind. You know, he obviously walked through Senator, Senator Mitt Romney through, right, some of the checks yeah. and balances that Utah has that I think were really important, right, not only for the senator, for, but for broader swaths of the public to know about. Because, you know, this is something that, you know, election officials not only in Utah but across the United States have, but perhaps haven't been as well known or perhaps have been hard to get through in mm. terms of the noisy information environment. And so I think, you know, you've seen um, an increasing number of campaigns um, you know, proactive campaigns put forth by election officials. And, you know, we've seen uh, instances of this in other places as well, not just in Utah, but, for example, in the state of, of Wisconsin and elsewhere. And so I think that's really important. I do think, you know, one of the challenges that certainly has occurred since the 2020 election is that much of the mis- and disinformation that fueled efforts to overturn the legitimate 2020 election has spawned. A good deal of legislation that has either made it harder to vote or possibly make it easier to interfere, right, in the conduct of the election. And then, unfortunately, a certain amount of that is now fueling, right, many of the folks who are now on the ballot this coming Tuesday. And so, you know, I, it's hard because I, I think it's important to to not elevate, yeah. right, election denialism. But I do think it's important to note that there are around 300 people, right, running for office. Um, who don't believe that the 2020 election results were legitimate. And then, and by extension, that means they've got questions about the integrity of American elections. And so I think it's fair to say that democracy is on the ballot. Mm. Yeah, and I, I do think that's an important thing uh, for all of us to to make sure we're going through, and as you said, misinformation, disinformation, all of that, uh, and make sure uh, all of this is the all of us, we the people part, 
Uh, don't reward bad behavior. <laughs> That's the first rule. Uh, and making sure that we're focusing on what has been done, what is being done, uh, and what can yet be done. Because I still think there's a, a lot of work that can be done. Obviously, the state and local areas is really where the rubber hits the road when it comes to elections and process and security uh, and systems. And again, we've loved what has been happening out here in terms of that transparency. Anybody can go through the process here in the state of Utah with their county clerks. And uh, and I love that it gets more people involved in the process. Uh, is there anything else on the on the national level that you're keeping your eye on, David, in terms of either some things happening at the federal level uh, policy wise or things we should just keep our eye on moving forward? Absolutely. You know, you, you just you hit the nail on the head there, Boyd. I mean, the Senate has passed a version of the Electoral Count Act or an effort to reform the Electoral Count Act. And the, the U.S. House, of course, has its own form of revisions to the Electoral Count Act. The Electoral Count Act was, of course, something that was exploited, right, by, um, you know, by the former President Trump of some of his supporters in an attempt to overturn the 2020 election. And this you know, the bipartisan efforts in both the House and the Senate, um, you know, they should be able to get reconciled in the lame duck session. And if they can be passed, that can make it far more difficult for somebody to try and successfully overturn the presidential election in, in 2024. So I think that's certainly something to pay close attention to. Um, and again, something that has strong bipartisan support in both the House and the Senate. I also think it's worth keeping, you know, up with Right. Federal funding. Um, There's an appropriation bill that right now has four hundred million dollars in federal Mm -hmm. funds to help with election security. That's not perhaps as much as I and others might like, but every dollar counts. Yeah. Um, And, you know, with 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 the threat landscape that has exists today, you know, between some foreign threats and some domestic ones, it's real important that we have federal dollars getting to right those on the front lines such as, right, state and local election officials in Utah and throughout the country as well um, to try and help ensure that we continue to have free and fair elections. Uh, Fantastic. David Levine, so grateful to have you on today. He's the Election Integrity Fellow at the Alliance for Securing Democracy. Uh, And I love the headline of his piece today. Election officials will keep the midterms fair. Voters will determine the integrity of future elections. Keep that in mind. That wraps up hour number one of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. We'll step aside for top of the hour news. When we come back to kick off hour number two, Doug Wilkes will join us from the Deseret News as we talk about instant certainty, how it is the enemy of truth. We'll be right back. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin, and my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.